Well, good morning. It's good to be with you. Thank you, Pastor Lamar and Janet. We've had a great, actually had a wonderful weekend. We were commenting, it's just uh, only been a couple of days, but we have absolutely enjoyed our time uh, in this area and just getting to know your pastors. And then last night we met with some of the leaders and had a really good time there. So we really have had a, a great time. We, uh, we run a ministry called Speak Life Global, which basically uh, we travel literally all over the world, um, spend a lot of time, probably about eight months of our year in Asia. And um, actually, I should have been Asia, in Asia right now, uh, but in September I had a heart attack. And uh, I actually had a heart attack in Asia. And um, God was gracious. He got me through it. I'm feeling strong. Hallelujah. So this was kind of uh, an add-on. I was actually going to take three months off. My doctor said, hey, you're good. You can start traveling. So technically, I'm not supposed to be out of, out of Canada uh, because of health insurance. But, you know, God is good. So we just trust him for that. So it's wonderful. We went to... Uh, uh, Penyan last weekend, and then we're here this weekend. So it's wonderful to be with you guys and see what God's doing in this place. Um, you know, it's amazing. Uh, I had a message that I was going to share, and then the Lord just dropped a thought in my spirit. So I want to just kind of unpack it for you a little bit, uh, and uh, hopefully it'll it'll minister to you. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what size of church you are. It's really the depth of the presence of God in that church. We can go to some very large churches and, you know, the bells and whistles are there. And uh, sometimes God's not there. (laughs) This is the truth. Um, And so we want God here. Amen. Uh, as we as we sang, we want to meet him. Amen. That's that's the real key. Um, Hey, listen, just uh, this is the scripture. uh, I, I, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to just drop into your spirit. It's from the message version. So I hope I'm not stepping on any toes for going outside of the King James or the new King James. But uh, the message, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says this, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Isn't that the key to watch how Jesus does it? You know, when we step into the life of the Spirit and we just say, Holy Spirit, what are you doing today? God does miracles in our day. And it could be very simple things like looking after your kids, um, you know, to uh, profound things, leading someone to Christ or, you know, really uh, doing some amazing things. But he says, walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. You know, I've been in some African-American churches, and I'm the only white guy in the church, okay? And, you know, just the truth, you know, different cultures, they have such rhythm. Spanish, you know, the Spanish have rhythm. and Like, I'm a white guy, I have no rhythm. Right? Like, I have no rhythm. But, and so if I try to force rhythm, it's an ugly scene. You do not, like, my wife and I, on, this is just the truth, we don't dance. Because we can't. We try at home, you know, privately, music, you know, and it's like, this is awkward. Stop. Just kiss me. Like, there's no, there's no rhythm, right? But have you ever noticed some people just have rhythm? Like, you know, like they just they know how to rhythm. And, and so there is something about the unforced rhythms of grace. Amen. Like when you're in a grace zone, 
When you're in the simplicity of Christ and God is with you, there's no, like, you're not forcing things. It just, they just happen naturally. And what I have found in my, you know, 35, 38 years of serving Christ is the moments where I have tried to make something happen, they don't happen. It becomes a train wreck. But the moment I just step back and I say, Holy Spirit, lead me. All of a sudden, grace comes in, favor, anointing. Come on, come on, come on. Can I hear an amen? You see, like, I, I look at grace in two, two ways. Like, grace is obviously the unmerited favor of God, right? It's, you didn't deserve it. How many know we didn't deserve grace, right? We didn't deserve it, but we got it anyways. Hallelujah, right? But grace is also the divine ability of God to empower us. And so it's not just that I'm walking in favor. I'm actually walking in the power of the Holy Spirit living through my life. And so when I realize that, that everything I have is unmerited, I didn't deserve it. But then I step into this grace that comes on my life and God begins to empower me. All of a sudden my life takes meaning and takes on this incredible journey and venture called living for Jesus, right? Somebody says, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Come on, amen? And that's, that, that's the goal of all walking Christ. Is we want to live freely and lightly. Now, freely and lightly doesn't mean just like without restraint. Because the Bible says without restraint, without, without a vision, the people cast off restraint. So you have to have a vision of where God wants to take you. You have to be living. It's not just free living. Like freedom is not just wantonness and doing whatever you want. Freedom is actually living a disciplined, godly character life, right? That's where freedom comes from. So uh, listen, uh, this scripture is a really great scripture. Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 10. It says this, moreover, he said to me, son of man, receive... Would you say receive into your heart all my words? You say words that I speak to you and hear. Say hear, hear with your ears. So watch that. Moreover, he said, son of man, receive into your heart all my words that I speak to you and hear with your ears. John 1, 12. It's one of my favorite scriptures says um, uh, that all who did receive him to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become. So my job is to receive and believe it's his job to help me become. Right. So when I prophesy over people, I always say to say to them, listen, your job is to receive and believe. Right. God's job is to make it happen. Right? You receive and believe. And that's sometimes harder said than done, by the way. But we've got to, we've got to stay in that mode, right? So listen to what receive means. It means to take, capture, or seize, to be ca- taken captive by. So when you receive it, it actually <clears throat> it just gets into you, right? When I was uh, uh, 22, I uh, was telling the group last night, I was 22. Um, I remember coming into this prophetic church. And uh, I was a Pentecostal kid, but we didn't really do a whole lot of, you know, Pentecostal stuff, right? We're Pentecostal name only. And um, it's, uh, my parents started going to this new church. And so I remember going to this church and, and uh, the guy was a real prophetic guy. And so he prophesied over a couple, a couple times over my life. And I, I was like, wow, this is amazing. And then uh, we decided, uh, I was engaged to this beautiful one. By the way, this is my lovely wife. Why don't you stand, honey, just for a second? We're going to be married 35 years next year. The first, we say, was hell on earth. 
but the last 34 have been awesome. In our first year, we said divorce was never an option, murder a possibility. It's God's truth there. So we didn't kill each other. We got through. Hallelujah. Um, but I, I was, it was our first time in this church. I decided to move down to where, where my parents were, and we were going to uh, start attending this church. And that Sunday morning, the pastor said to me, he said, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna, we have this thing called prophetic presbytery, and we bring prophets in, and we're going to prophesy over people, and we're going to prophesy over you. I was like, you're going to what? He goes, we're going to prophesy over you. And I said, like, what do you mean? Like, is he going to tell me my sins? Like, what's he going to do? And I don't know this guy. And he says, like, relax. Come on, just relax. So literally, I was the first guy up on the platform. So I'm sitting there going, Jesus, forgive me for all of my sins. (laughs) You know, I was like, what's this guy going to do? And then he just read my mail. Like, he talked about my past. He talked about my present. And then he talked about my future. And in my future, he said... You're going to travel the world. You're going to preach in conferences. You're going to be a spokesman for God. You're going to prophesy. You're going to ride on the high places of the earth. Then the next guy came up and said, and you're not going to travel alone. I'm going to birth it in your spouse. I wasn't even married. I was engaged to this girl. He said, I'm going to birth it in your spouse. It is a season that I have designed, says the Lord. Well, I, I literally took that into me. I mean, everything that that guy said was yes and amen to me. I received, I, it captured me. And then I say for the next 28 years, the only traveling I was doing was to the grocery store for my wife. <laughs> but again, my job was to receive and believe and not, not, not let that word go. And then 2014, I was in a little small church, less people than this. And some random lady came up to me and she handed me a note. And I put it in my pocket and forgot about it. And the next time I was wearing those jeans, I went, oh, that note. And I pulled it out. It was a prophecy. And in the prophecy he said, travel, travel, travel. Dust off your suitcase. You're about to travel. Dignitaries are waiting for you. Now, I didn't have a suitcase. So I went out that week and bought a travel suitcase. And the next week, I got a call. Can you go to Trinidad and Tobago? And from that moment... August of 2014, I have traveled to 25 nations and many of them multiple times, like Singapore 20 times. Receive. You got to let it get a hold of you. The word of God into your spirit, right? Now listen, heart is the Hebrew word. It means labab. Or Levab or Levab. I'm saying it wrong. But it means this. The inner man, mind, heart, will, soul, understanding. It's the very essence of who you are. So you got to let God's word come deep into everything that you are. Not just the mind. But everything. It's got to take hold of you. So as a 22-year-old, I was literally dreaming of that day. I didn't know when it was going to come. Sometimes I'd yell at God, when? And I'd you know, go after God. But it came. Listen, December 1st today. Okay? It's a special day. Right? And we get to share it with you. It's the day of our son's birthday. Today he turns 26. But in 1985, we, st- we got married. And we started desiring a couple years later to have kids. And nothing was happening. Eight months went by, nothing was happening. And so we came up to the front for prayer, told nobody. And we said, you know, God, you know, what's going on? And our pastor, 
He looked at us and he said to my wife, he said, sister, I see you going to a shelf. I see you taking something off and putting it on. He says, put it on the shelf. Close the door. Go about the work of the ministry. God's seasons are not man's seasons. God's timing is not man's timing. But you will know that you will know that surely I, the Lord, have undertaken. We settled in our heart right then. We said, okay, we're not going to worry about kids. We're just going to believe God. A month later, we found out I was born sterile, that we would never have children. Well, what do you do with that? Well, I'd already received the word. It was already in my heart. I, I remember, does anybody remember cassette tapes? tapes? Lamar and I, a couple of us, okay. Anybody over 40 remembers cassette tapes, right? Cassette tapes, that's when we used to listen to music with them. I had the cassette tape of the prophecy and I put it in my car and I sat on the side of a, uh, the road and I just weeping saying, okay, God, I choose to believe your word. I choose to receive your word. And so then became the battle of the promise. You know, Bill Johnson said this about a promise. He said, a promise from God is when God goes in your future and brings back a word necessary to get you to there. Come on. Amen. And so, uh, so we began to believe and, and, and just kept praying and praying. Year one goes by, year two goes by, nothing's happening. All our friends started getting married. They started having babies. We eventually became godparents to 13 children. I mean, in their wills. Like if they all died at once, I'm hoping we had some money and we could have buy a bigger house, but 13 kids, honestly. And so year year two, we ended up buying a house, and in that house was a, a room decorated in colors. And so we had one name. From the day we got married, we had one name. His name was going to be Joshua Joel. And so we put that name on the door. And you see, we came into agreement, because in the place of agreement, there's power. And so we began to agree, and we began to agree with God's word. And we said, God, we're believing for Joshua Joel to come forth. And we'd say things like this, Joshua Joel, you're going to be a musician. You're going to preach. You're going to prophesy. You're going to be good looking like your dad. You know, we, we tried as best we could. And so we kept believing God, believing God, believing God. We kept declaring, declaring. I mean, there, there was one point, I, you can't do this in Asia, but there was one point, literally, I put my Bible on the floor and stood on the Bible and said, just so you know, I'm standing on your word. I want you to know this. I am holding on. And we talked about all the different things we could do, artificial insemination, all the, the, the techniques and all that kind of stuff. But we decided in our heart, it, I, I said this. I'll do whatever you want, honey. But something inside me will say, I didn't trust God. And so I began to trust God. We began. Year three, year four goes by. Year five goes by. I mean, literally, all our friends are having babies. Month after month, a roller coaster of emotions. And then one day, it was a February Saturday night. I think it was the third February in Saturday. uh, In the third Saturday in February. And my wife said, hey, she'd been sick for a couple of weeks. She'd actually been in bed. It was not normal for her. And she realized, hey, I don't, I, didn't, I don't have my monthly cycle. And so we'd done pregnancy tests over five years. We'd spent hundreds of dollars on pregnancy tests. And so we went out that night, got a pregnancy test. And that night, it turned positive. And so we're like, what's this? And so we called. My sister's a little older than me. I like to let her know that. And... Um, <laughs> And, and so we talked to her and she goes, you know, don't get your hopes. I said, no, 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 Josh is coming. Josh is coming forth. And so that night we went to some friend's house and they had a pregnancy test. And so they said, do this in the morning. The next morning we get this test and we do it and nothing happens. 
And then my wife starts spotting. I went out and got another pregnancy test. Nothing happened. So what do you do? Well, we did what we always did on Sunday morning. We came to church and we began to worship God. And we said, God, we receive your promises. If it's not now, it will be. Joshua, Joel, you will, you will come forth. You will play music. You will be a musician. You'll preach. You'll prophesy. And you'll be good looking like me. And we kept praying that, believing that. We got, went home, got another test, got home. The second test that we had done that morning had turned positive. The next one turned positive. Hey, let's go get a couple more. We did another couple more. And that Monday, it was determined that we were pregnant. Come on, amen. Now, now, see, our doctor, he was a brand new doctor. He had never seen my medical reports. So my wife took the reports in the next week. And he read them. And he closed them. He looked at my wife and said, I have to ask this question. Is this your husband's baby? She said, he said, it's medically impossible for you to have children. She goes, doctor, just so you're clear. First of all, he's the only man I've ever been with. Second of all, we're Christians and you're about to see a miracle. And his name will be Joshua Joel. And so on December 1st, 1993, we gave birth to an eight pound, three ounce baby, eight pound, three ounce baby boy named Joshua Joel. Now today he's 26. He's a father. He gave me a grandson, gave us our grandson. Uh, named Ethan. He is awesome. Um, he's five months old. Joshua is a musician. He plays every instrument, piano, drums, bass guitar, electric guitar, acoustic guitar. He leads worship almost every Sunday. He uh, preaches. He's one of our youth leaders. He prophesies and he is way better looking than his dad. <laughs> he's 6'3", blonde hair, blue eyes. I mean, he is and he's a great dad. You know, God's a God of promise. But listen, you got to receive God's promises into your heart. Listen to what he says. And then he says, here. Say here. here. Now listen, this is what here means. It means to hear with attention or interest. Listen with the intent to act. Listen with the intent to act. The Bible says, faith without Works is dead. Another version, I think it's the message says, faith without a corresponding action is dead. So you got to have faith. You got to have this ability to say, I'm listening. What do you want me to do, Lord? What do you want me to do? See, and then last word, the word word, right? And this is what it means. It means debar. Say debar. It's the debar of God. In other words, this is what it means. A word spoken, a promise, a creative word that when spoken releases a power to perform, bringing about what is declared. In other words, when God speaks something into your soul, when God speaks it, you believe it, you receive it, it creates something. There's something that is creative in that word. Now, it can create a a shift out of something out of, you know, religion, out of bondage, out of, or it can create something that is yet to happen. It can begin to have the nucleus of something. So when that word came, you're going to travel. It created in me a desire. And then it created in me a discipline to begin to work and be uh, disciplined in my craft and trying to figure out what God was doing in my life, the prophetic. And then it's brought desire or delight. Pardon me. It's brought delight. And all of a sudden now I'm walking in the delight of God. So God wants that to do that. Can I hear an amen? You see, God's intent is to get us to a place in him 
where our heart is captured by his promises. That we hear in such a way as to listen with the intent to act. I travel all over the world. I go to large churches, some 20,000 people, and I go to small churches. I was just in a church a couple weeks ago, 50 people. That's irrelevant to me. What I see all the time in every church, it's, it's a con- condition in all the churches. I see some people who have grasped onto God's word. They're believing. They've received it. And they're acting out what God is saying to them. And then there are others who, because of whatever, disappointment, discouragement, they've chosen to put the word on the shelf. So that's for another time. Well, maybe it is, but it's still got to be in your heart. You gotta, you gotta lay up God's treasure in your heart. Come on, can I hear an amen? Listen, revelation, vision, promise, whatever you want to call it, revelation must become personal. If it doesn't become personal, it's never powerful. But when it becomes personal, it takes on power in your life. It begins to equip you. Amen. Listen, Jesus said this. He said to his disciples, he said, who do men say that I am? They gave him an answer. And then he goes, well, who do you say that I am? And then Peter, you know, Peter stands up and says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. What did God say? He said this. He said, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. Right. And then he says this upon this rock. I will build my church. Now, according to the Catholics, that's Peter. But we know that rock is actually revelation. Upon this revelation. Right? Now listen. Watch this. When revelation is personal, it becomes powerful. And the gates of hell cannot stand against it. So listen, when God speaks something into your heart, like that young lady, Jessica, who had a dream, and God spoke that into her heart, and that's her dream, I'm going to tell you, if she holds on to that, if she believes God, it'll bring power into her life, it'll bring creativity in her life, and God will begin to put resources into her, and all of a sudden, that will become a reality. And the gates of hell will not stand against it. Now, the gates of hell may come against you. I'm going to tell you, in the 30 years that I've been holding on to promises of God, in those five years that we held on to the promise for Joshua, there was hell to play. And we had to defeat the gates of hell. We had to come against the gates of hell. But we didn't come in empty-handed. We the word of the Lord in our heart. We came with the weapon of God in our spirit. And we said, hey, we're going forward. The gates of hell will not prevail. Come on, what are you holding on to this morning? What do you believe in God for? Like you might have family members right now who are away from God. Maybe they even rejected you. Come on, can you believe that God can touch them? Come on, get, get a word in your heart. Listen, my brother, as a, I'm a twin. Uh, I'm the better looking twin. But my, my brother, and my, you know, he's a little taller than me. And uh, my brother is far away from God. I mean, he is as far away from God as I'm as close to God. I mean, that's how far. He is really, really far. But God gave me a promise. And the promise was this. Every, uh, for about, about four or five years, eh? at least four or five years, my brother would bring, he lives just like maybe about five miles away from where I live. And uh, he would bring over his tithe every Sunday or once a month. He'd bring his tithe and say, you know, put my tithes in the church. Now, he's not a believer. And so I'd go, oh, put my, t- you know, here's my brother's tithes, Lord. And then the Lord spoke to me and said, Gary, 
where his treasure is, there will his heart be. And so now he, he doesn't tithe anymore, but I've held on to that promise. And I'm believing, I'm believing he will come. He will come back to Christ. Come on, what are you believing for? Come on, what are you believing for? Let's keep it simple. Believe and receive. Receive and believe. Come on, listen with the intent to obey. Come on, can I hear an amen? You see, when your heart, as we read earlier, when your heart is at rest, it's more able to hear and receive key things that will shape who you are. So you've got to get your heart at rest. You've got to keep things simple. You know, sometimes we, take, we, we make life too complicated. I think Ecclesiastes says that, right? We make life too complicated. And we just got to make life a little bit more simple. A heart at rest can discern clearly key moments in time that will set the course of your destiny. I was telling the group last night, you know, what I found in God is when God fulfills key words in your life, all of a sudden it's like he ex- begins to accelerate everything else. And so the key is to contend long enough to see God bring provision in whatever area you're looking for and you're believing God for. And then God begins to do it. He begins to change it. A heart at rest is able to hear the Holy Spirit's promptings to share or minister healing to someone or a neighbor or a friend. I've done this all my life. You know, one time I was, uh, I got to stand up. Sorry. I feel like I'm at home, so I can be a little bit more casual. But um, thanks. Uh, You know, I've done this all my life. So one Sunday I was uh, preaching. I preached three times. And uh, in Canada, we have this restaurant called Swiss Chalet. It sounds like that. It's a very good restaurant. It's chicken. It's not broasted chicken, but it's really good chicken. And, uh, And I love it. I love going there. I love my chicken. And so I'm, I'm tired. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm hungry. I've preached three times and we've got some friends with us and we sit down and our waitress comes and she's, you know, she's, I, I'm, I'm always kind of aware of countenances and I notice her countenance and the Lord speaks to me and says, tell her I love her. I said, no, I'm not telling her I love her. You love her because if I don't, if I do that, I know what's going to happen. I'm not getting my chicken. And, you know, so I was kind of having this thing with God, right? I'm like, God, you know, like, and, and he says, tell her I love her. And I said, God, like, I will not get my chicken. <laughs> so he props me a couple more times. So I say, hey, um, you know, my name's Gary. Uh, you know, I'm a pastor. I said, do you mind if I tell you something that God told me? And she goes, no, yeah, sure. I said, God told me he loved you. Well, she sat down. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not getting my chicken. You know, I was like, ah. And so we talked to her a little bit, shared a few more thoughts, God thoughts with her and said, okay, I know it's really busy here today and you need to get my chicken. And I said, you know, I said, here, here's my card. You know, why don't you come to my office on Tuesday and maybe we can have a talk. And so, you know, she served us. We thanked her. We gave her a really good tip. And, you know, I was hoping, I said, hey, come see me on Tuesday. My secretary will, will uh, bring you in. And, and Tuesday morning. Gary, there's a lady here to see you. So my secretary came in and we sat with her. And that morning we led her to Christ. And a couple of weeks later, her husband got saved. They stayed in our church for about five years and then they got transferred to another location. And to my knowledge, they're in London and uh, London, Ontario, and they're still at Swiss Chalet and they're still going to church. 
Amen. Listen, a Holy Spirit prompting. Like, let's just keep life simple. Right? Why, why try and make it complicated? Learn the work or the rhythm of grace. It's just simple. We don't have to be too complicated here. We make life so much, so much more complicated than it is. A heart at rest is able to fight from a position of peace rather than strife and conflict. You know, the Bible says that you and I have been given the boots of peace, the shoes of peace, the boots of peace. In other words, that should actually be the position of our war, is that we war from a position of rest and peace. We don't war from conflict. We don't war from chaos. We don't war from strife. We war from a place that we're living in peace in God. And then the last one, a heart at rest is empowered and dependent upon the Holy Spirit's work in our life. That God actually wants to work in our lives. Amen? Listen, one, one last scripture. Listen to this scripture. Matthew 22 um, I, I'm, not, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it says this. Matthew 22, verse 35. It says, One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Right? So, you know, they're always questioning Jesus. And, and Jesus answers this. Well, look at the verse. Would you, would you go there? If you have your Bibles or your phones. 22, verse 35. It says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Verse 36. And Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the laws and the prophets. Now, listen. In the Bible, in, 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 has anybody ever been to Israel? Okay, I've been a couple times to Israel, and, and uh, it's really an interesting thing to go to Israel. It's an awesome place. But in, in the Old Testament, or even in Jesus' time, actually, the, the religious scribes and the religious people, they had, what was, they had all these commands. So they had the 12 command, commandments, or 10 commandments, pardon me. They had the 10 commandments, and then each command, they would have addendments to it, all these different things that they could do. And they were the traditions of man. And it totaled 613 things that they had to kind of think about, you know, process through that they could or could not do. And Jesus is saying, like, that's a yoke. It was a yoke of teaching. And Jesus comes and he says, look, let's just simplify life. Two commandments. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, body, strength. Just love him. Right? Like, however you feel like you love God, love Him. And then, love people the same way. Right? Just love Him. You see, that's, that's the simplicity of the gospel, isn't it? It's the simplicity of living Christ. Loving Christ, living for Christ, living by the Holy Spirit. is just love God. Just let God empower you. Let His promises take hold of you and love Him to the best of your ability. I'm not simple, guys, but listen, I, I'm just a simple guy. I, I try to live my life very simply. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I'm not, I don't drive like big cars. I don't, you know, I, I, I float with some very powerful people. I've met a lot of powerful people, but this is me. Take me or like me. And I just love Jesus. I love my wife. I love people. And uh, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to honor uh, the grace that's on my life and just minister to people. Look, can we just keep it simple? You know, let's not make life too complicated. Well, what about this? Just, just love God. 
Just, just worship God. Just, just flow in God. Let God touch you. And that's what the world is looking for. I actually believe that the world is looking for a people who walk in simplicity of Christ in such a way that people go, wow, that is so different. That is so not what I thought. I'll finish with a couple stories and then we'll pray and prophesy over some of you, okay? Um, is that okay? Yeah. All right. So um, last, uh, last, October, last uh, January, not January 2018, pardon me, um, I, was, I was in Chicago. Uh, a friend connected me with this pastor. And so he said, Gary, would you just come in and uh, preach for a little bit and then just run through the congregation, just prophesying over people. So, you know, I'm kind of doing, going through the congregation and I come to this guy and, and uh, I, I just said, hey, um, I just feel like God wants you to know that he loves you. The guy started crying. I mean, he was like a bag of, he's, <laughs> And I, and, I, and I was like, okay, this is awkward. Um, should I hug him? No. Um, so I said, you know, the second thing I feel like the Lord told me was, um, like, it's been a really rough year for you, but this year, this next year is going to be a great year. You're, on, you're in a search for truth, and God's going to help you. And then I said, you know, this might be your first time here. But I, I really believe that this is the beginning of a new, new journey. Very simple. Like, you know, I could have said that to anybody. And so, you know, he's crying. And, and then I go on to somebody else and I'm ministering. Very simple. Nothing earth shattering. This God loves you. And, you know, so he hits me up on Instagram. And uh, he says, hey, uh, my name's Gil. I'm the guy that you said God loves you. And I started crying like a baby. And he said, you know, I don't know, I don't know what happened, but he said, those words just so impacted me. He said, he said, I felt so secure in that moment. And he said, and then you said stuff about my life. And I go, who is this guy? I don't even know him. How does he know my life? And then he said, you said, um, I was, uh, this was my first time in church. He said, honestly, it was my first time in church in that church, but my first time in church ever. <laughs> and he said, I, I just want to tell you whatever you were doing. He said, all day, I've just been full of joy. So I was like, you know, Gil, stay in church. Praise God. God loves you. You know, blah, blah, blah. Well, October, I get another Instagram. Hey, this is Gil. You came to my church in January and you prophesied over me. Okay. He's got a whole new frame of language that he's talking about. He goes, you know, he explained it. He said, I want you to know uh, this, this, this summer I've been in search for truth. And this morning I gave my heart to Jesus and I got water baptized. And he sent me a picture of him getting water baptized. Come on, keep it simple. Sometimes we make life too complicated. Right? You are God's greatest weapon to defeat religious spirits and darkness. The light of God is living in your life. And so, watch how He works. Jesus just walked, man. Right? People came in, you know, people came to Jesus, a woman at the well, right? She said, I perceive you to be a prophet. Jesus said, okay, I'm going to prophesy over you. 
And he prophesied over her. Right? Another one came to him and says, I perceive you to be a teacher. Jesus said, okay, I'm going to teach you. You must be born again. And this is how you'll be born again. Right? So again, how people perceive you, then just give them what Jesus does. Right? Just keep it simple. Keep it simple. Love God with all your heart. And then love God and serve others. Can we do that? Like, church work is so simple. I know pastors saying, what? (laughs) It really is. I mean, it's complicated in many things, but it really is simple. If we keep these two things at the heart of who we are and what we're doing and what we're building and what we're trying to see God do in this region and what God wants to do through the well is love God with all your heart. Like today was just so simple and it wasn't complex, but it was so genuine and so rich and so deep, right? It was just so fresh. It really was. It was so rich. I mean, I'm, I'm an outsider coming in. I'm telling you, it was rich today. The presence of God was here. And so we get to bring it. We get to release it. Amen? And then secondly is to love others and serve others. You know, real faith always produces the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life. And, and our, uh, our engagement with other people. And love is our main expression. Can I hear an amen to that? Um, I love this word, the word kindness. In the Hebrew, it means uh, goodness in action. And so I love uh, one of my Bibles that I have. um, It it has this definition. It means this sweetness of disposition, gentleness in dealing with others, the ability to act for the welfare of those taxing your patience. How many have that in your life? Somebody's taxing my patience, right? And then he says, it, it says this, the guy made the comment, he said, the Holy Spirit removes, removes abrasive characteristics of the one under his control. The one under his control. So God wants to just kind of, can I say it this way? He wants to reveal truth to us. He wants to speak it into our hearts. And when he does, if we receive... And we believe, how many know we're going to become what God says? Amen. Uh, Last story. There's more I could share, but I I won't. Um, Last story. And this is kind of my life right now. This is kind of the steps that I I walk in. So in March of 2017, I was in Singapore. If If you want to go to a great country, go to Singapore. I mean, Singapore is amazing. I mean, they're all, all Asia is amazing, but, but Singapore is awesome. So anyways, I'm in Singapore and I'm at this church. I'm about to preach. This is the second time I'm at this church. And the pastor says to me, Gary, I got a word for you. First time I met the guy. The first time I was there, he left the country. And so second time I'm about to preach and he goes, I got a word for you. And I said, okay. And so he gives me this great word. It was a really nice word. And then at the end he goes, you're going to go to Kyrgyzstan. Now, in my mind, I said, Stan who? Is that a restaurant we're going to? Kyrgyzstan. I don't know where that is. I don't know anybody in that region. But I've learned to say yes to his promises. So I said, yes, Lord. I will go to Kyrgyzstan. I have no idea where that is. So, that's March. 
July 2017. I'm in Puebla, Mexico. I'm in the other side of the world. I'm in Mexico doing a missions trip. I'm working with three churches. The first church I'm working with, the guy, Pastor, and I are talking. He's a Canadian, lives in Mexico. And he says, yeah, I've done some work in Asia too. I go, where? And he goes, Kyrgyzstan. I said, dude, you're the door. I got a word about Kyrgyzstan. See, I didn't just put it on the shelf. I was carrying it. You know, I was believing it. I, I knew as soon as God said Kyrgyzstan, the creative power of God began to orchestrate. And you're going to see it in this story. So I, I say, you're the door. So then he, he opens uh, his phone and uh, we connect through WhatsApp and he connects me to this guy. You know, you know, his name is Ivan. His name is Ivan Krukov. And so Ivan, in his broken English, says, Pastor Giri, we want you to come to Kyrgyzstan. <laughs> so then I Google, how do I get to Kyrgyzstan from Toronto? <laughs> so I figure, with all my expenses, travel, blah, 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 my weekly expenses, it's going to cost me $5,000. I don't have $5,000. So we're going to take up an offering right now. No, just kidding. <laughs> so, no, just kidding. So, uh, so, I don't have $5,000, but I know one who does. And God spoke the word. And so it's going to happen. So I say, God, I will go, but you got to provide. So we start kind of talking, Ivan and I, and, and that's it. I said, Ivan, you know, we'll see. God bless you. We'll see what we can do. March 2018, I'm back in Singapore, and I'm working with a group of business guys. Some random dude. It'd be like this guy right here. I don't know him. We're just kind of, hi, what's your name? Okay, I'm just meeting Joseph for the first time. Joseph is driving me back to where I stay in Singapore. Out of the blue, we're talking about the weather. Out of the blue, he goes, hey, go to Kyrgyzstan. I went, what? He goes, yeah, I go twice a year. I've been going for 10 years. He said, this morning, God spoke to me to invite you to come and do a pastor's conference. I was like, okay. Now, I don't know the guy. So I said, let's keep talking. I said, look, I'm back in August. Why don't we talk in August? So I go back in August, 2018. We're sitting at lunch and we're talking. And I said, hey, listen, I don't think I told you this, but I got a prophecy about going to Kyrgyzstan and I met a guy named Ivan. And he looked at me, kind of smiled. He said, Gary, Ivan's not a normal name in that region. He said, I know an Ivan but he's in Kazakhstan. I said, well, my Ivan's in Kyrgyzstan. And so he pull, I pull out my picture of Ivan. He pulls out his picture of Ivan. It's the same guy. <laughs> then he says, Gary, Ivan is coming. He's in Singapore right now. Tomorrow night, he's coming to my house for dinner. You got to come to my house. I was preaching somewhere. So I, they let me after preaching go. I go over to his house. Ivan is there. His wife is there. And then another pastor. Ivan has since moved back to Kazakhstan because he's planting churches and, and it's, his senior pastor is retiring and he's taking over everything. And so this guy's planted 60 churches. So now he speaks better English. He goes, Giddy, you come to Kazakhstan and Kazakhstan. I'm like, okay, Ivan. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> So we plan for me to go this October. I had my heart attack, so I couldn't go. But we planned for this October. So I still need 5000 bucks. December 2018. 
the pastor in Chicago connects me with a, a, a messianic congregation in Israel. I'm in Israel. I'm, I'm there for a week. We're doing a weekend ministry to Russian Jews. And we see 25 Russian Jews come to know Christ. It was amazing. So I'm about to prophesy over them. And I'm telling this story. I said, sometimes things don't make sense. But, you know, you just got to receive and believe. And I tell this story. At the end of the service, the pastor, he walks up to me and he goes, Giddy, Ivan is our brother. We've known Ivan for 25 years. We're from the same place. I was like, God, how do you do this? Like, you speak one word, one word, Kyrgyzstan. It goes into a heart that receives and believes. And then God begins to create all these connections. Now, I still need 5,000 bucks. This year, March 2019, I'm in Singapore. I'm having breakfast with a friend. He's a business guy. We've done work in Japan and China together. And we're just good friends. I mean, you know, we're just hanging out, get, uh, reconnecting. And he said to me, he said, Gary... He said, you gave me, I asked you for your uh, like banking information, but he says, I keep forgetting to send you some money. And he said, this morning, God spoke to me that I need to sow into your Kyrgyzstan trip. And he had written a check, blank check, with my, for me to put my name on it for $5,000. <laughs> now, August of this year, I'm at a pastor's conference in Indonesia. And I'm sitting in the hotel lobby, just waiting, waiting for the pastors to take us on a bus. There's a couple sitting there. So I smile at them. They smile at me. All the, I know a bunch of pastors. So we get on the bus. I go over to this couple. I say, hey, I'm Gary. I'm from Canada. He goes, my name is Alexander. I'm from Kyrgyzstan. I was like, do you know this guy? It's like, I didn't want to be like, you know, Floridians, when I go to Florida, they go, do you know Bob from Vancouver? <laughs> like Vancouver's 3,000 miles away from where I live. Yeah, I know Bob. Which Bob? Are you talking Bob West, Bob Smith? And so I was thinking, you know, and he goes, Ivan, Ivan is my best friend. We're ministry partners. Listen. I'm going to read you this scripture again. Oh, it's right here. Let me, let me read it to you. Because I, I really want you to just maybe close your eyes for a minute. And just let this sink in. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Come to Jesus. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. And work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll live, learn to live freely and lightly. Father, I just thank you for this great group of people. Lord, it's a, it's a fresh work and you're doing a great work here. And Lord, we want to keep it simple. We don't want to make things complicated. We don't want to add rules and regulations. We just want to live according to your word, according to your spirit. We want to have hearts that are open, hearts that receive, hearts that seize your word into our heart, hearts that take your creative word and allow it to do wonders in our spirit. 
Father, we thank you for this group of people. And I pray today that you would uh, bless them and honor their faith as they walk this journey. Lord, some of them today have left family and, and uh, you know, maybe had to uh, make really tough decisions to be walking in the Spirit. I pray that you would honor their faith, honor their commitment. Lord, let your promises come to pass. Lord, we pray that this house would be a place of refuge, that it would be a place of life, that it would be a place of simplicity, of obedience to you. Lord, we thank you. Help our hearts be so intent on obeying you at all times. In Jesus' name, amen.